0: morning, Max. Or shall I say aloha.
1: Oh, wow. You are getting right into it. You are on island time, aren't you?
0: I'm on island time. I'm three hours behind you. Your mom and I are on Kauai, our last day here. Uh, I am looking out uh, on the Pacific Ocean. It is
1: absolutely gorgeous, Max. Yeah? How's the trip been?
0: No, it's, it's been very, very relaxing. We have not done much. We have this house. That really is literally right on the beach, and we haven't moved very far from the house. Uh, gone out to dinner, but other than that, we've been pretty, pretty sedentary, relaxed. It's been a great um, kind of, uh, kind of renewal type. Nice. Of, uh, but hey. um, it's good. To, it's good to do that.
1: Yeah, you deserve it. You've been working. You know, especially with the pod, you've been really, been really I carrying do- your weight with the pod. You've been rocking.
0: Well. And, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about, this chance to be here kind of and reflect and relax. And I've been thinking a lot about the podcast and Where's I'm thinking going? that uh, I may need to kind of phase you out of it. Um, <laughs> maybe not a complete break, but kind of a phase out. Um, I I'm, think sorry. That,
1: uh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I'm sorry. What?
0: Yeah, I mean, I know this may be a shock to you, but, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about how you know we interact, and I think more of me and maybe less of you might work a little better.
1: Wow. You know, I can't say I'm blindsided by this. Recently, well, you've been acting different, so. And, and today's now date I see. is it's April 1st, Max.
0: <laughs> April oh 4th. That, I'm gonna okay. I'm not
1: phasing you out. Okay. okay. One, it's April 2nd. Two, that that was just, oh my God. That was... No,
0: it's April 1st
1: here in Hawaii. I don't know what island time you're on, but yeah. whatever. Okay. Um,
0: no, not phasing you out. That
1: okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. But let's, uh, as we talked about in our pre-show, this is a long episode. So let's try and keep our intro short. Do want to update people on, you know, the rest of our lives. Roots picked up our first point in our midweek game against New Mexico. So that's progress. Obviously still looking for the first three points. Still confident that's going to come. Hopefully tonight we have a game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Fun environment to be in in New Mexico. Always a cool place to play. One of the best fan bases in the league. So shout out to them. Pretty cool late game dramatics. Tarek getting a header. That was, that was dope. Dope to see. Good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, um, we were able to
0: watch the game here in Hawaii, and uh, when Tarek uh, scored that tying goal in the last minute or two, we were jumping out of our seats. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. On. What's going on next door? Because we were screaming in the middle of the day, and it was great. It was really exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you were making a ruckus. We were making a ruckus over there on the bench. Um, but yeah, still looking for the first three points. Uh, I'm not involved tonight not in the 18 so that's you know obviously disappointing from a personal standpoint but like i said we got a really competitive group and every week you're pushing you know you're pushing to be in the starting 11 you're pushing to be in the 18 it's uh right. i mean that's the environment you want to be in and i'm still confident i'm yep. going to have my role to play but yeah i'll be still doing my part acting as a leader in the locker room before the game after the game doing what i can when i see people and yeah, waiting for my opportunity. Yep.
0: Patience and perseverance, Max. Great qualities to have. You have them. They're great qualities for anyone to have.
1: Important. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something I've gone through my whole career. And it's honestly one of the one of the things that I think has helped me grow the most as a person is just being able to um, overcome adversity. And not to say this is really adversity. This is just part of the game and part of the business and part of being um, a part of a competitive group, which is what you want to be a part of. But yeah, still, I'll, I'll be doing what I can do to ensure we get three points at home in Oakland tonight. It's going to be a rocking game. Yeah, a little bit. a really good, team.
0: really good team.
1: Yes, uh, but let's get to the episode. This is episode twenty-four it's with Philip Muscarella, a guy who I met in college, and is someone who you guys are going to love. We love. He's just one of the coolest, one of the best guys you'll ever meet. He played with me at Santa Clara and um, recently began a journey to become pro in CrossFit. And if you guys listen to his journey, there's no chance that you will not be inspired. This is a guy who really just wears his heart on his sleeve and has overcome a ton of adversity and is skyrocketing in the rankings to becoming literally, he started the sport a few years ago and now he's already competing to be one of the best in the world. And if you check out right. his socials, if you see any of his videos, you see why this dude is an absolute monster, not by just chance. The guy puts in an absolute crazy amount of work and discipline and he has a good time while doing it. So yeah, it's just, I mean, half of it is just us catching up cause I haven't seen him in like six years and I got to record this in person. So that was special. And dad, That's you were correct. there, you were there virtually from Hawaii. So this is actually kind of on That's point right. that, that we're recording this intro while you're there. Uh, but it was a really fun conversation. I apologize it's so long, but honestly, it's just fun to to catch up with the guy. And if you don't have the time to listen to it all, skip to the end or last 15, 20 minutes because you really gets vulnerable about some of the struggles he's had in the last couple of years. And I think that's super important for people to hear just his opening up about mental health uh, now more than ever. So, you know, if you, if you are crunch for time, you know, check out those last 15 minutes, but if you have the whole time, this is a hell of an episode with a hell of a guy.
0: Yeah. You know, I first met Phil uh, when he was a teammate of yours, he was a, a couple of years, maybe ahead of you uh, in terms yeah. of uh, class. It's kind of clear, but I remember, Watching him play, and he was one of those all-in guys. You watch a, a soccer match. There's no – I mean, he doesn't go 100% all the time. He goes like 120% all the time. Yeah. There's a different theory he has on the soccer field. And I said to myself, this guy is a little different in that sense. And yeah. not terribly surprising that in his post-collegiate life, he's, um, he's continuing that all-in mentality. He's, he's transferred it to – Fitness training uh, of others, and then competing in CrossFit, like you said, and that is a very—I knew nothing about CrossFit until we started doing our research on Phil. And, yeah, and it's a—it's a crazy sport. People should um, listen to Phil j- just to hear about what CrossFit is, because it is an emerging uh, sport. It's going to be a—it's a, almost like the X Games, right? Uh, yeah. twenty years, ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Yeah, uh, It's a an sport, and, and he's a world-class athlete in CrossFit. Oh, yeah.
1: World-class. Yeah, I think CrossFit kind of gets some um, unnecessary hate at times, I think because it's a new sport and it's different. But it's ridiculous what these workouts that these people are doing. So just listening to Phil talk about some of them and seeing him go through them, it's like I have so much respect for what he's doing. And if you watch one of his workouts, you will understand why. It's really like literally if I were to go through one of the hardest workouts in preseason to try and prepare for a season, that's like a, that's a Tuesday. That's just like every day, every day you're pushing your body to its maximal capacity, which is like just reckless. (laughs) Like it's just wild. It's just wild. But, you know, Phil has talked about, he wants to see what his body is capable of doing and, and put it to the ultimate test, which he is doing and I mean, he told a story about when he pushed himself to a point of, of heat stroke and had to take himself out of competition because he literally is pushing his body until it can't take anymore. Yeah. Um, he was in
0: Europe at the time. Right? I think it was in yeah,
1: Europe. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we have that story and so much more in this episode, an episode to, to be inspired by someone who's going to get you to want to get up and go accomplish your goals. Yeah, yeah.
0: after after we completed the episode max i was so pumped up i did like a couple of push-ups and a couple of sit-ups and was feeling really good
1: yeah i could tell you're looking buffed up over there no
0: phil phil for all his accomplishments uh he's he's a great personality too right oh yeah uh very open and and, uh, candid guy he's he's just fun to be around
1: yeah you'll just have a smile on your face just from listening to the episode so yeah, let's let's get to the episode, episode 24 with Phil Muscarella. Marathon minute. You already know.
0: Can you hear me, Max? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, hey, good to see you, Phil. You too. How are you? You look just like you did in college. My God, you have not. He aged hasn't aged at a all.
1: bit. It's hey. probably because probably you're unbelievable. Because he's in a, an
2: infrared cryo
1: chamber. <laughs> That's what time. exercise
2: will do to you, right there.
0: Yeah, wow. but but you're not. You, you look you look a little uh, less fit than you were in college. You know, he kind of. Can't Come on, your Don't 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 make me take off the sweater here. I want. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to goad you into taking off that sweater. So, man, off,
2: uh, that, I mean, Max said that this wasn't a a video. It was just an audio. I so. took a photo with Aaron Donald. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! Now that is a studly body. Yeah. We're pretty,
2: we're uh, we're pretty much twins. So I was <laughs> walking. I was walking Max through the facility here, and uh, we have a few athlete walls of people that we've had in the building, and. Aaron Donald was. I tried to see how many people he'd recognize, and he recognized about three of the <laughs> fifty. Wow. Okay, no. We have a first, lot of NFL. The first guys. wall
1: was like fifteen, and I got like four of fifteen. And then there's a lot of repeat people on the other.
2: It's true. Charles
1: So I a lot was, of
2: NBA and NFL guys. Not too many. <laughs> hey, not too many MLS guys. Yeah, no you more. know
1: who was on the wall was uh, Jackie. Jackie. Oh, right. yeah. Jackie Jamelis. Yeah, I'll send you a video, but there's a photo of her right above KD.
2: Okay,
1: oh, cool. Gr- great
0: story, Jackie Jamelis Phil. If you yeah, want to you listen to a good pod, that episode.
2: Uh, I'll have to. I actually haven't listened um, to any yet, so I gotta, I gotta get on that. Yet, I didn't do my research like Max did. Yeah. He just hit me. He hit me pretty uh, last minute, so I didn't I have know. time. <laughs> I know, but no, I'd cool. love, I love to see this guy. I mean, it's good to see you as well. Yeah. It's, what do uh, honestly... you think of Max's uh physical conditioning, Phil? Okay. I mean, his his haircut is like a little bit, he's got the q-tip cut going oh on, so that's God. a little questionable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, he's got the he's got the lean soccer body, he's looking good. Yeah, he looking... he, he did luck out, he did not get his father's oh, hair. So uh... he's got he's got a little bit of muscles there. Not bad, not
0: bad. And, and what do you think of the uh marathon minute uh
1: Gear he's sporting. Oh yeah, we're both wearing Marathon Minute merchandise. You're
2: gonna have to explain
1: a little bit. Well, our podcast is called Marathon Minute. Okay. And we made T-shirts. Nice.
2: So you already have gear for it. Yeah, bro. That's dude. You're what you thought. What you thought? This was Amateur Hour. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. You know, I did hit you up last
1: minute. I gave you very little details, so. I understand. This is
2: cool, though. This is this is pretty tight. We're taking off. I wish I could show you. I wish I could give you the tour of, of the place that I work out.
1: I'll I'll definitely I'll show you videos, Dad. But so I I don't know if we didn't get to finish the question, but this is audio, but also video. I'm now putting these on YouTube. So people will see this. People will see your guns. Don't worry. Oh uh, I, mean, I take those off. For no, 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 no! no. <laughs> don't do that because I'm gonna look freaking tiny. But I just yeah. I just
0: manscaped Phil. So because oh, I was yeah. in Hawaii, and so I, if if you take off your shirt, I'll take off mine.
1: Oh
2: man, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a shirtless podcast. <laughs> no, should <laughs> we all so, be shirtless? So I'm actually I, I'm actually uh, outside of the norm. I've been competing in CrossFit. That's like the new sport that I'm competing in and taking it pretty serious and actually trying to go pro with it, meaning make some money. And I have a big competition coming up next week with like 35,000 on the line. So it's it's not, it's not petty cash, but the big thing (laughs) in in CrossFit is everybody takes off their clothes. Like everyone takes off their shirt. Like during competition. Yeah. Like during workouts, immediately like the shirt off, like people are always rolling around with their shirts off. (laughs) i'll have to give you a story after this but i try to keep my shirt on as much as possible just because i like to be different from everyone yeah okay well well. i want to
0: i i know you are competing in crossfit because max and uh, max mostly but i did a little research max did a uh, a bit more so i know you are competing i know you competed in italy right on some uh
2: was that crossfit yeah it was that was actually my very first crossfit competition that I, would, I had just started. I was like, I was fresh. I was like less than three months in, and at the time, my coach was like, "Try and qualify for this competition." I was like, "Okay, I don't know what that means, but I'll do these workouts." <laughs> yeah. And I ended up qualifying. And he's like, "You qualified. You're going to Italy." I was like, "Really? Like, should I go to Italy? Like, I'm pretty new at this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah. And so I went, and it was just like my first taste of it. And then pretty much was just like, you know, we're competitors. You know, like I competed my whole life. Like when I finished playing when I graduated from Santa Clara and I finished playing soccer, I was like, all right, what's the next thing to compete in? And then I found something and it was like, wow, I want to, I like, I still love competing. It's definitely different because I went from a team sport to now an individual sport. I'm going to oh, jump God. in here. We, we're Ooh. moving way too fast. Oh man. I, we oh, haven't even like, I haven't even introduced Phil. Oh, shit. Like, we're I'm just
1: we're, we're getting into it,
2: but no, that's
1: totally cool. But I love the direction we're going, okay. but I want to give, our listeners a little bit of context because they're probably listening, like, God, this Phil guy sounds so cool. You're gonna like, have to edit
2: from right now. I need
1: to know. I mean, we could keep it rolling, but um, I do want to go back and give some context. So yeah, absolutely. Phil, welcome to the show officially. Thank I kind of I kind of like the open format though. Honestly, that's what the goal is. It's just a conversation. There just happens to be a microphone and we're recording for the listener or the viewer, YouTube, what up? Phil and I played college soccer together at santa Clara university how many years do we overlap two years two years,
2: yeah. two, years two years overlapped
1: over. but that two years felt like a lifetime now here we are this is the first time we've been in the same room seen each other probably in six seven years time
2: goes by fast but it time feels flies. like it feels like nothing has been passed honestly bro it, it really does actually you like, know when max hit me up i still have him in my phone so Okay, I have to get a little backstory about the freshmen. So I was oh, I gosh. was an upperclassman at the time when when these freshmen rolled in, yeah. and I had nicknames for all of them. <laughs> Max Orange was Max Oink. I don't know why, <laughs> but I still have him in my phone as Max Oink. Uh, I still got a good friend or his good uh, friend Dylan in my phone as Dill Pickle, like Dill Pickle. Dill Pickle. Yeah. I I got I got the nickname still in there, so it feels very. Uh, it feels like no time has really gone by, even though. I'm almost out of college for 10 years. I think
0: the last time I saw you, Phil, uh, in person was, didn't you go to uh, when Santa Clara played LMU at at,
1: at LMU? Yeah, I do. I remember that. I remember
2: you were at that game. Uh, I did go. That was your senior year. Yeah, that
1: was when we were seniors. Yeah,
2: I did go. I did go watch the boys play. That was probably the last time.
1: That was probably
2: 2015, I think it was. You
0: graduated 2016, Max, from S. Santa Clara
1: yeah I graduated in 16
0: so that would have been 2015
2: okay wow yeah. dang time goes by real fast so that's right, yeah
1: like six years ago crazy here we are I'm glad
2: I'm glad I still like have looked the same though that's a that's a very nice compliment I had some of my i I seen some guys from uh, my high school, that said the same thing about when I was in high school, too. So I, I could just pull off being a high schooler, I guess. Oh, my God. Yeah, I
1: know you could, <laughs> Probably you could, could be great in, like, a high, school, the, off, the high so. school musical remake. You could be, like, playing the high school kid. Oh, oh the dude that God. just, like, is 35 years old playing a high school kid. That could be, that could be your next thing. No,
2: the goal is to stay young forever. I still feel young. I still feel like I could be in my teens, 18, 19, 20. I'm definitely... My body doesn't feel like that because yeah, I've been putting oh it through God. a lot recently, but um,
1: I feel you on that. You were
0: you were a captain of the soccer team at Santa Clara. Weren't you, Phil, when Max yes,
1: sir. Was, uh,
2: was there? I was co-captain with a good with a good guy, Mark Dawes. No, miss we those love guys.
1: Mark Dawes. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Mark.
2: OK, let's let's focus on Phil.
1: Let's let's get down to business. How was Phil. Okay, Let's talk we, about Mark. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to just put this closer. How's that? Maxie. Wow. Okay. I'm on the pod. You're on the pod. Let's get, where did we like leave off? We well, of you guys first off. met, you first
0: met at Santa Clara. Uh,
2: right. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll take it. Let me take it. From here. <laughs> let me take, let me take the lead here. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, Max and I uh, played. Oh, yeah. Nick, you're like talking about when we, first, how we met. How okay. We met. So, I'm a junior in uh, college, Santa Clara University. Um, you know, Max comes in, makes a pretty good impact on the team right away, actually. So I actually was able to, you came in, and we're playing as a freshman, I remember. Yeah. So uh, I was a little bit harder on the guys that had some quality, I could, I could uh, talk a little bit more shit to them. But yeah. any, anyways, you know, go through, go through the seasons, you know, create relationships, create bonds, you know, that last forever. You know, I haven't seen this guy in more than a few years and it really doesn't feel like time has gone by but um so outside of college um i now work at a facility called sports academy it's formerly known as mamba sports academy so we were uh partnered with kobe uh, rest in peace kobe um and um so since then we're back to sports academy nothing has really changed other than the brand name and the logo we still um operate we have a location here in thousand oaks california which we're at here and we have another location in frisco texas that we just opened up in the I past couple that. years that's dope so two two locations um here is a hundred thousand square foot facility uh five full-size basketball courts two full-size standard volleyball courts five thousand square foot turf field with a 40 yard um lane in it seventy five hundred square foot uh Sports performance facility or gym, um, and on top of that, we have pretty much everything that you need as an athlete. We have a recovery suite, uh, we have an integrated sports medicine for injury rehab, and uh, we have the skill and performance side as well. So the whole the whole idea behind Sports Academy is an all inclusive facility um, that it covers all the bases of being a professional athlete and we train everyone like a professional athlete. I work a lot with general population, but I also work with, you know, youth athletes and professional athletes right now is actually the season for our combine prep. So we have all of our um, NFL combine prep going on. So, young future NFL athletes come and they do their combine training to get prepared for the combine. So there's really a big population of people that come through the doors and it's really, really fun and cool to be able to work and help people reach their goals. But yeah, it's an all-inclusive facility that covers all the basics and they're really, um, I feel really blessed to work here. I've worked here for going on six years now. That's crazy. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. So so you have, you have, a basketball four basketball courts in there? Five full-size basketball courts in here. Yeah, okay. it's
1: it's a hundred thousand square feet. So it's yeah, I just got the full that's, tour that's dad. I'll show you plenty of videos, photos. Phil <laughs> Phil <laughs> showed me the uh the, the jujitsu uh arena and he <laughs> He slammed me on the mat and we may have got our shoes on the mat, which is a very big no, no. So we're were sure to wipe our shoe prints off and make sure. Sorry, Gabriel. Yeah.
2: Sorry. Sorry to Gabriel. World-class four-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion um, runs our jiu-jitsu studio in here, Gabriel. And uh, I know that they monitor their mats very closely. (laughs) So So I might be getting (laughs) tapped out when he sees the video. That's then, a
0: sign of a of a good lasting friendship. When you haven't seen someone in a long time, they come visit you, and you slam them down on the mat. You, get, you can That's get physical. Yeah. Damn straight,
1: constant. man. It's yeah. Love. No. So it's if we wait, put you bag. if we
0: put you on the free throw
1: line, sorry, Max. <laughs> okay. Can I? We haven't even like gotten into any like. We're trying to talk it's about Phil. It's
2: too easy it's to too, talk. It is we, too easy we're to gotta, talk. we got to keep on but But right?
1: are you going to ask him about how many free throws he's he can make or something? Where is yeah. this question going? Okay, no. We need to get into Phil and his story. We're not talking about Phil and his free throws. Okay, But we can get to that once we've gotten some of the other stuff out of life. I'm sorry,
2: guys. A little off track. But <laughs> no. I haven't seen no. you guys in a long Honestly,
1: time. it's great. We could that the the thing is we could be here for two and a half hours if we wanted to, and I know you know you're training so yeah. we gotta we gotta find some balance here. Okay. but yeah, Phil just gave me an unbelievable tour. This place is great. Let's get into Phil. <laughs> One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is although we haven't been talking a lot over the last six years, I've definitely been following what you're doing and, if anyone else has been following it, I'm sure they had similar feelings as myself and are inspired by you, your journey, how much work you put in on a daily basis, your sacrifice, how honest you are about, you know, your journey and what you're doing. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier about, uh, your quest to become pro and CrossFit. I feel like I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the the scope of the sport, but I feel like you're moving up the ladder very quickly. And like, you definitely, I mean, you talked about a potential 35 K bag at the end of this competition where like, I would say you're competing as a professional, if that's, if that's reward for it. But so I think you're under, you're underselling what you're doing right now. And I want to highlight your whole story because I'm inspired by you. I know other people will be inspired by you. So we're going to talk a little bit about where you are, how you got into CrossFit, where you are now, where you want to go. But to start, let's, let's take it. Let's rewind the clock. Let's go back to, we don't have to go like baby Phil, but maybe like high school Phil.
2: Oh, okay. Sure. I was
1: doing my research and I mean, I knew this because like you said, we went to college together, like spent a lot of time together. And I obviously know stuff about you that others don't, but like, you were a very good high school football player, also a very good high school soccer player, obviously, because we played together in college. But let's just kind of launch from the point of what made you decide soccer over football, having been such a good football player. And I mean, also like seeing you now, it's like, yeah, you have the capabilities of because I mean, I knew in college, but especially now, like, you, you're a beast. Like you could have been very successful in football, I'm sure. Not that you weren't in soccer, like you were very successful in soccer, but what made you go into
2: soccer over football in high school? Thanks, Max. My guy, man. You know, it's kind of interesting because um, I'm in Thousand Oaks right now. This is where our facility is based. I went to high school right down the street from here. And one of the things I was, when I, I told the Max was, if I had this facility when I was in high school it'd be a different story like this yeah. stuff didn't exist when I was in high school just like you know the performance side of it and like the off the field stuff that that we are capable of doing here but um, so in the community here a lot of people do know me from from football because you know football is a little bit more well known so I did play uh, high school football and when I was in high school, um, I was a three-sport athlete, so I played football, soccer, and baseball. Just an at- this man is an athlete. I, I was, I like to com- I like sports. You know, yeah. I was I was sports my whole life. Soccer was always my number one sport, and I didn't play football until my freshman year in high school. My mom didn't let me. So freshman year in high school, freshman football. My sophomore year, they pulled me up to varsity, and we had a great year in my sophomore year in high school. We went deep into the southern section playoffs which is one of the best conferences or the best uh conferences in the nation really in Southern California and I was just I was just playing it because I liked it yeah and soccer was always there for me so what I would do is I'd play football games on Friday night finish at 10 11 o'clock and I was playing club soccer at a high level and we'd have to go travel for an eight o'clock game in like Temecula, which is like a two and a half hour ride. So oh. I was just crushing myself in high school, but it's really, it's really prepared me for, you know, my body's been able to, you know, be there for me for a long time. So I'm very grateful. I'll have to get into a story a little bit later because I know what it feels like to not have your body there. Yeah. Um, which I know some people can relate to. But so going out of high school, uh, oh, what football, oh, Phil, what position in football did you play? I played, I, I played. All positions I played, <laughs> I played both ways so i played a uh, receiver and uh, i played free safety but i was a soccer guy so like oh this guy can kick too so kicker, so i would i would score the touchdown and then i would kick the field goal <laughs> and then i have to go kick off the the kickoff for the next play and and oh my so gosh i was played both ways but out of out of high school i got recruited as a receiver a slot receiver i was i'm a little a little guy slot receiver slot receiver um some pretty Wesley,
0: Wesley uh what's it uh Wes uh, Wes Wesley? Welker Wes Welker Wes
2: yeah. now it's
1: Cooper Cup Cooper Cooper MVP candidate well love so it. did you like did it. you yeah.
0: like one sport more than the other I mean in terms of just pure I I like this sport the most whether, whether it, it might not have been soccer which is the school you the sport you went to college
2: on yeah I think, um, I think I think I think it goes soccer was my love and I had a newfound passion for football mm. But what happened was I understood how like hard on your body. It really was. And some of the major decisions, you know, going out of high school um, was my, my, my questions was, what do I have a chance of playing longer? What do I have a chance to play professional and, what do I have a chance to make an impact right away when I go to, when I go to school? Interesting. And so I, those were my, my final questions deciding. And I had some pretty big offers actually. Like I think some of the major offers that I had coming out of high school was uh, UC Davis. Nice. I had uh, Fresno state I had a couple Ivy league schools, Brown. And um, it might've just been Brown. I got a couple offers. These are D one. These are D one schools. So I could have played D one football. But what it came down to when I was like trying to decide football or soccer, I just I knew that I could go into a school playing soccer and play. I wanted to play. I didn't want to like have to earn my way and not play till I was a senior. And also, I wanted to protect my body a little bit. I had not suffered any major injuries. But I've suffered like I knew what it would feel like. And some of these, you know, recruit trips I went on, these guys are monsters. Yeah. Oh, not. So I mentioned Phil gave me a tour of the facility.
1: I saw some of the, the guys in the current draft class working out and. some big boys they're big boys yeah Yeah. some some
2: large some large humans so it came down it came down to that longevity and chance to go pro I wanted to play professional and where I was I was a five nine white receiver you know a lot of a lot of (laughs) schools didn't even give me a chance because of just of the stats the stat book wouldn't even check out the film so it also the thought of leaving soccer was hard for me yeah um so yeah that was that was those are my decisions you know, going and playing soccer. And I have conversations with parents all the time about, do I just play one sport for my kid? You know, the like the youth, the youth side of it. Or do I have them play multiple sports? And, and it's interesting conversation in the strength and conditioning world because there's different ideas of, you know, playing different sports helps you for your main sport mm-hmm. or the European model for soccer is play one sport and be the best at that yeah. sport. So there's arguments for both. But for me, it worked out that, I was an athlete and I transferred my athleticism to the game of soccer.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think it's like it's a sport thing but also a generational thing. Like my dad, you grew up playing whatever season it was, you played the sport that went with that season. Everything except yeah. for soccer that is. Correct. The one sport that he coached me in, he'd never played a lick of. So that's where I learned all my skill from. Thanks, Dad. Um, I coached
0: soccer for 16 years, and I still haven't played in my first <laughs> soccer match. But
1: um, <laughs> oh my God, do not <laughs> let oh, any of your former players hear that. But
0: you're you're so right, Max. I mean, the world is different. It's even evolving now uh, with the sports training. You know, the the facilities, Phil, that you mentioned that you're now working in. There was nothing like that when you guys were young. And in my generation, you know, there was nothing even remotely close to that. But my generation, you played seasonal sports. You played two, three, four sports, depending on on the weather outside. Your your generation is more focused on one or two specialization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's benefits to both. Honestly, I think I mean, I grew up playing basketball, baseball, skateboarding, I think. I think I could have benefited from specializing in soccer, but I also at the same time, I'm glad I played all these other sports, but like, it's funny because now I've been playing soccer. So specialized for so many years, like, especially since college and like, as a pro, like I go and shoot the basketball sometimes. And like, my shot is so broke. Like, I mean, every, like if I practice, it gets better, but like my first couple of shots, it's like, I forgot how to use my hands because I've just been using my feet for just like, I'm playing soccer every day for the last eight years. When I, when I was younger, it's like one day I might go play basketball. Another day I'll go play football. Like now it's like only feet. So I could like my feet skill level is pretty crazy right now, but like, putting up shots is embarrassing <laughs> at times. So like you can probably yeah, kick a
0: ball into the, into the uh, basket more than you can shoot it into the basket.
1: Yeah. It's, that's a sad,
2: it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have with uh, parents of youth right now. Is, do I play, do they play one sport or do they play multiple sports and there's pros and cons to every situation, just like yeah. in everything in life.
1: Yeah. So let's get back to you. Made the decision to go to Santa Clara. Wanted to make an instant impact. Talk talk about those first couple years before I got there because you know there's a before my class came in and after we could talk about cuz we have a lot of shared things we can talk about in the 2 years we had but what were the first 2 years like i've mentioned a little bit about how difficult some of santa clara soccer uh training can be Ooh, just some of you talked about this on. i've talked just like like fi- fitness tests were brutal but like right. maybe you could give a little bit of context uh what was your like Hey, whoa! I'm playing college soccer now. What is this? Well, the
2: number one thing was when I was in high school, I was, I had the easiest way through high school. I didn't have to do shit. <laughs> so when I got to Santa Clara, that was like the, the educational side was like a whole slap in the face. Number one, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Okay. Is class? Okay. All right. So the education at Santa Clara, there's the reason why it's, uh, you know, it's, It's a good school. It's a great school, you know, and, and I'm very blessed to have gone to Santa Clara and gotten through it. And I, and, and uh, you know, but the adjustment to get there was super hard, but so being a student athlete was one thing. Um, The athletics, the athlete side of it was, I, I was more of the type where I relied on like my work ethic. I relied on my mentality I relied on some of these other factors that aren't, like, skill-based. I wasn't the most skillful player, but I could make an impact with the other parts of the game. And so, for me, I wanted to go in and be the hardest worker. I wanted to go in and try and win the fitness test because that was just my mentality. Like, yeah. I wanted to be that freshman that earned their way. Like, I might not earned <clears throat> my way, like, technically, but I would earn – you know, every team in the gate, like in any sport needs that person, you know? Yeah. I wanted to be that person. Whereas like, you can be, you can rely on this person to no matter what, give a hundred percent effort and make an impact um, in their, in their own way. I would say you have, I, mean, I think a lot of this is true today.
1: You have a lot of intangibles, like the things you said, work ethic, mentality, like those things, you can improve on like, yeah, you can learn how to work harder over time. But like, for the most part, you either got it or you don't. Yeah, it's You're not really like, teachable. Yeah. And I think those are things that you excel at. And I think that is also something that we could talk about later with how that relates to your current sport.
2: So yeah, that's what that's how I went into it. And that's how I feel like I earned the captain's band around my arm is just like, because I was, I, I lead by example. I'm not even with my work now, like, I'm not that military type trainer, like in your face yelling at you. It's like, you're here for a reason. Yeah. You know, like you're already here, get something out of it. So it's like, I was always like lead by example, type of uh, type of player. So when I got in, I just wanted to be the hardest worker. And my good friend, Carlos, we came in together and we were roommates. We lived together. Like we were, we were room together in our dorms. We're still like best friends to this day. Like we had the same mentality. Yeah. And it was like, come in, not complain, show up on time, you know, earn the respect of the guys. Like <clears throat> you come in from being top dog at this high school and you come in and nobody knows who you are. Yeah. And that happens all the time. And and w- that set me up for different aspects of my life now is like, you can't come in thinking, you know, you know everything. And d- when you're put in different situations, you got to earn your way back up. You got to earn your stripes. So and, and it's really interesting because. I was never the best at one sport or one like position, but I was good at all of them. Yeah, And that's kind of the sport of, that I'm doing now is like CrossFit is you can't be really good at one thing. You, you have to like be really, you have to be good at everything.
1: It's about the combination of all the different uh, like events, right? Right. Or exercise. So, and,
2: and that's kind of how I've been. That's how I've been forever. I've just been pretty good at everything. Like I can do pretty much everything. So I was able to come on as a freshman my sophomore year, earned more of a starting role at a position, which was like a winger position. And then it's <laughs> wild. And that then by the time I was a junior and Max came and the, our captain had graduated, I was a solid right back or center back. And that was my spot and I was comfortable. So, you know, even though fitness tests are hard, they're hard for everyone, you know? And that's kind of how it went. I was like, if you can go through it, like I can go through it too, and so, like they suck. Who wants to? Who wants to do that? Even though, like that's what I do now. But it, I no. guess it, <laughs> the th- yeah, that's
1: it's kind of wild to <laughs> say so that because that's like what you're doing now. But I also, as much as they suck, I feel like you might have been similar to this. I I dreaded them, but I also looked forward to them because they were an opportunity to like set yourself apart. Exactly. Like I was like, oh, I'm good at these. So like this is an opportunity opportunity for me to set a standard so like the way you talked about how your older guy I mean I actually know I think you guys set a really good standard of like when we came in as freshmen like you were the people that we looked up to and so you guys set that standard and then I was looking at you like oh I'm trying to beat you in the fitness test because I want to prove to the rest of these guys that like I'm here you know I'm here for keeps I'm not here to just be some weak little freshman. Um, I do want to give a quick story. I remember, I think, honestly, it could have been, like, one of the first days of captain's practices because before preseason we had captain's practices. It might have been my first time ever walking into the Santa Clara locker room. But, like, first thing I see was, like, you and Hurtado. Shout out Eric Hurtado. We might need to have Eric on the pod. But first two people I see were you and Hurtado, you know, maybe – changing or just getting out of the shower but i mean if you know these two guys they're absolute freak specimens like just two of the largest people more fit people i've ever seen i was just like some shrimp like 165 (laughs) soaking wet like what the
2: like what That's is funny. about to
1: happen <laughs> That's like funny. i just was like oh my god what am i in for yeah. but it's funny because i mean you two ended up being like two of the older guys who i like got closest with and you know we're
2: talking about hurtado you know he's on it he's coming up on his 10 years in the mls which is a great career but so i yeah. used to we used to call him uh well, something chest Tato, <laughs> chest Tato, because he would take a chest trap and it'd be the most controlled chest trap I've ever seen in my life. Like his chests were hands. <laughs> they were cheating. Like he could take any ball in any direction off his chest yeah. and it'd be a perfect tusk. So there's literally that one video. Uh,
1: my friend is the one who fouled him. But like Colby, there's a video of literally he grabbed him around the waist. And Hurtado like still dribbled like five or six yards while oh, dragging right. a dude like literally just hanging onto him, going all the way down to his legs, that's and right. like he he that's would right. get away with that. That's so right. we're gonna we're gonna have to have him on and talk about.
2: Got to. He's
1: probably one of the most dominant college soccer players yeah. ever. We could we'll, we could say that for him, but that was that was wild.
0: Yeah. I called him. The, I called him the beast. Um, well, beast. you you had to defend him in practice, right,
2: Phil? I mean, all the time. We and totally that was did. and that was yeah that was part of and so that's you know, yeah. part of my mentality is like I I wanted to go up against Hurtado yeah. I you know I wanted and I still do try and get around people that are better than me because that's what makes me better and and I understand that and I think a lot of people have a hard time and they want to be the the fittest person in the room or the best player on the field and they have you know an ego and, and it it happens that from the youth level all the way up to the professional level. And, and I think, you know, that's why it's super important. And we talk to these combine guys about their interviews, because interviewing yeah. a person and talking to someone to figure out who they are as a person is super important to the level of professional athlete you can be. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like, I just always wanted to go up against Hurtado is just I knew that he'd make me better. Yeah, because if, if you're going to get someone
1: better than you, that's a measuring stick. So it's like, if you're able to compete against them, you know, you're able to compete against other great athletes. And if you struggle, then it's like, it's a reality check. Like, you know what you need to work on. And like, I think fortunately for both of us in those situations, we tend to rise to the occasion and use that as an opportunity to be like, okay, now let me show you why I think we should be on more equal playing fields, whether or not their recognition is deserved or not. I think that's a good mentality to have.
2: Yeah, it's 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 important. I think it gets lost. It's like, you know, you're, it's always about bettering yourself. You're trying to get better at your sport. Your your uh, you how you are as a person in relationships, whatever. But like, you know, it takes someone to be in like a ref, like a example for you. You know, and and I've used a lot of people in my life to create the way that I go about living my life. And that's just one thing I do to know that I can get better because I I surround my, myself with people that are better than me. And that's a big part of where I'm at right now is creating a team of people that one believe in me, but are also pushing me to become better. Yeah, And I'm always trying to be the uh, least fittest person in the room.
1: I mean, any form of physical workload that I have that I've faced as a professional, I don't know if anything has been close to some of the worst days in college. Wow. Which I think is like maybe like sports medicine has advanced to a point where it's like you just can't be doing some of the stuff that we did. Like physically, it's not good to be doing such crazy stuff. But at the same time, like well, Max, now. It, huh.
0: Well, I was going to ask, is it possible that being a professional, you play. You play a 10 month season. Well, yeah, it's grow. different.
1: It's it's a totally different game. And like right. your, bo- your body is your vehicle for performance and performance is number one. And not to say performance isn't number one in college, but like there's a sense of you need to like get these kids to grow and to understand right. like the value of discipline and all this, all these different things that whereas as a, as a pro, it's a business. If you don't perform, you will no longer have a job. In college, you're on a team for four years. So throughout those four years, you're being molded into the best person, player, teammate possible to help that overall team have success. Whereas as a pro, you're on your own.
2: Like if you're fucking up, you're out. It's like being a pro, the accountability is on you. You either perform. If you don't perform, you lose your job. When you're in college, the accountability can kind of get like meshed and passed around because you're there to go to school. You're there to meet girls you're there to play a sport like everybody has different intentions when they're going in that setting like not everybody's goal is to be a professional at the end of it so you know the accountability is kind of like a little bit different but being a professional athlete like it's on you you know it's on you so I always had that professional mentality yeah you did um but it's it's not for everyone you know not everybody has it like it's hard to be strong all the time. It's hard to be get up early and put in the work and like everyone is good. You know, you get to a level, everyone's good. You get to the next level. Everyone is really Really good. good. So you have to separate yourself.
1: Yeah. How can you be great? The little, the 1% differences you have to
2: do extra and not very many people are willing to do that extra. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's uh, let's progress a little bit past this, the Santa Clara, you know, Fireworks happened. We met. You know. You mentioned one of the reasons why you played soccer and went to Santa Clara was with uh, the goal of playing professionally. And I know you were on the MLS uh, like the draft eligibility list. But I also remember like when I would come over to Grandma's house. Uh, sophomore year. Shout out, grandma's house. That was grandma's house. Um, and just you know, hang out, shoot the shit, bug you. You were in the process of studying. This was like the, the first ever wow, studying I, I ever, ever saw you doing. I can't remember. I can't believe you remember that. Bro, yeah. So, you know, I didn't remember you studying in school at all, but then it came to <laughs> it came to you needing to pass a personal trainer test. And I'd never seen you work that. I mean, I'd seen you work unbelievably hard in soccer and I mean, I saw you study from time to time, but like, seriously, the effort you were putting into passing this personal training test, I'm like, Oh, it was clear that that was something that you wanted to move into next was you're always into, I mean, as I mentioned, you were a beast. Whenever we were in the weight room, like you were, you were far and away, way more advanced than anyone else in the weight room. And you were studying to be a personal trainer. How did you, how did the decision or what was the emotional thinking, the process behind not deciding to fully pursue because you mentioned you played semi-professionally down in LA mm-hmm. um or no professionally yeah
2: yeah, we, we yeah talk, it yeah. was semi-professional okay. it was second
1: division okay at the time. so like what what was your mindset with the coming in with the goal to play professionally but now also you were studying to be a personal trainer what was your thinking what was your motivation at the time heading out of that chapter and kind of moving into the next.
2: Yeah. So Darren Domingo was our strength and conditioning coach at Santa Clara. And he also had a little side business, like a home gym at his house and soccer in college was a winter sport. So you have, you know, the whole spring semester um, to basically have a little bit more freedom. So um, when I was a senior, I graduated early. So I had a whole semester of not doing anything. And what I was, all I was doing was training. I was just working out because I was trying to be a pro. I was like, "Oh, I gotta stay fit," you know. Yeah. So I was doing that stuff. And Darren's like, "What are you doing right now?" I was like, uh, "Training." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> but like, you you're training for three hours a day. What are you doing the rest of the day?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. I'm doing what I want to <laughs> do. Hang out." He's like, me. "You should you should you should get your certification." And I was like, "You know, I've always been a practical person. It's like." you know, like I I fully invest and pursue the thing I'm going with. But I know that not everything works out how you want to be. So uh, I was thinking of like a backup plan, like what, you know, I was thinking like, what I was going to do next, like, you're going to be a professional, and you can be a professional for three, five, 10 years, what are you going to do after that? Everybody has a post career decision to make. And I go through that with a lot of people now is just like, Going making that decision is a super hard decision, but for me, I was training to play pro. Darren was an influence and someone I looked up to, and he told me to get my certification, not doing anything. And I was like, oh, so I can just be certified, so for I can just train people for whenever I want. And so, and I was interested. I've always been into fitness and and interested in you know, like pursuing your body's fullest potential. Yeah. And so I was training with Darren at his house and for the three months that I was, had graduated early, just waiting for the draft to happen and waiting for, you know, all these combines and things to go through. I was, I could got, I got my personal training certification. So at that, once that time had passed, graduated Santa Clara, came down to LA, got picked up by uh, a semi-professional team in LA. Um, I was living, I, was t- I just told Max's story. Yeah. You know, I was living in a house with eight other guys being a pro is not easy. It's not what it's made out to be. It's, it's not not glamorous. No. It's definitely not glamorous. And like people only see what they see on TV, what the difference is all the things that happen prior to getting on TV, yeah. like you got to have the right opportunity and be at the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, put in all this extra work and, you know, being a professional athlete and making it to the highest level doesn't just happen like that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, save. yeah, you know a we lot of things do. have to yeah. happen good for you. So, um you know, it's a hard work. It's a job. It's a real job. And a lot of people don't understand that being a professional at anything takes work and it is a job. It doesn't yeah. just you know, it's not it's just not as easy as people think that it is. And I really got a heavy dose of that when I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be a professional soccer player." And you know, you got to work your way up through the ranks. If you're not a top draft pick, you're playing second, third division, then play there for a year, do well, get picked up by another team, You're tr- you go moving across the country, playing for a different team in a, yeah. in a different division, and then maybe eventually you get a shot and an opportunity, and if you don't make the most of your opportunity, then you don't make it. If you yeah. do, then you make it. So um, I was living in a house with eight other guys. Luckily, I was in L.A., but not close enough to live at home. My coach didn't speak any English. Um, and it was hard, man. It was like you practice from nine to 11 or so in the morning. I didn't really get along with the guys I was living with. So I'm sitting in this house, like not doing anything. Like I don't really like these guys. My coach doesn't, I don't understand them, you know, like, and all these different things, but on the side, I was like, I got to keep myself busy. Oh, I have my personal training certificate. I can go train some people, so I had a little bit of like a resume, I guess, to get a couple clients here and there. So I started off with training one client, go to practice, and then you know you schedule someone for a private soccer training. And at the time, I think I was charging like eighty bucks to hundred bucks for the hour. And then you know they refer their cousin or their brother, and he, and he got two. And after a while, I think I played for eight months out of college. After a while. I was making more money training yeah. using my certification than I was playing. Yeah. And so that transition was pretty natural for me. It was like I lost my love and my passion because it was such a grind. And um, I saw I think I saw more of a future for myself contributing to the game in a different way than on the field. Yeah. And so that transition for me happened. And I, I basically was able to hang up my boots but not completely walk away from the sport because I was still helping the youth and I was still involved and I would put on my boots to, you know, I was able to play with them. And there's some coaches that, you know, like stand there and they coach like this, like I was involved. I was passing the ball makes a big difference. And that's the coach I still am today. I pride myself in being able to, I'll never ask someone to do something that I can't do myself. Yeah, I do that in the weight room and on the field. So I still, I can still move a little <laughs> in bit in the Maxi. weight room.
1: In the weight room, I hope you don't ask me to do some of the shit that you do, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. chances
2: yeah. are you can do like
1: a lot more than.
2: So yeah, yeah. And, and the transition for me happened kind of natural. It kind of life kind of led me in the path to going, stepping away from trying to be a professional athlete and stepping into a career in my career for me was sports performance and and soccer and coaching. I don't have, I don't have a team. I've never coached a team, but it's actually a cool situation because I get kids from all different teams, Mm -hmm. Academy teams, club teams, all these different things. And I have like an outsider perspective for them and their parents that they can see like, this isn't my coach, you know, he's not going to like judge me for what I say off what I tell him. It's like I I'm kind of like an outsider perspective, and I uh, I uh, have a way of instilling confidence in kids that they don't get from their parents and they don't get from their coach. So it's really cool for me it's to important. be that outsider perspective, and I have a lot of pride in in helping people. So that's what I do. I I like helping people, and that's what and that's my job now. Yeah. So yeah. I wanna I wanna get into so as much as you you harp on. I mean, yes,
1: you are a a trainer and that's a big part of your business. A lot of what inspires me is just how you've like is now your new venture into CrossFit Mm -hmm. and just seeing like how you've transformed your body, but also just like you literally just picked up a new sport and like are excelling in it and like become and competing. And like you it's literally like, I mean, that takes a lot of courage and I'm sure it wasn't easy. So I want to talk a bit about how, so yes, you transitioned out of soccer and more into training, still training soccer, but then when did the, when did it come to be that you were like, okay, or I don't know how you stumbled into it, whether it was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I like CrossFit or it was like, Oh, I'm ready to like compete. And this is something I can compete in. And this is something I could compete in at a very high level and just talk a little bit about, how you got into it. And then I want to talk a little bit about like that first, that first uh, competition you had in Italy. Okay. And then how that's kind of taken off to now where we could talk about some of your recent stuff and going into your upcoming things. Yeah. So
0: it goes back and Max before you launch into that, can can you explain to me what CrossFit is? I have a vague idea, kind of a, a general concept, but
2: I don't think most people understand what CrossFit is. So the definition of CrossFit is functional fitness across different time domains and different movements. CrossFit is a term. That's the website. No, no, I don't know. I was kind of, that was kind of like, a (laughs) no, that was good. I was like, I was like, how long did it take to get that? it's It's close to the like definition, but CrossFit is just a term. Like I, I have to explain to people that CrossFit didn't reinvent anything. CrossFit is just exercise. And people get this idea about CrossFit. Oh, CrossFit is these this sport where people hurt themselves and they lift heavy weights that they shouldn't be lifting. CrossFit is a, a way of exercising and there's CrossFit the sport. There's two separate things. Mm, right. I compete in CrossFit the sport where I would do things that I would never ask a general population person to do. Right. I coach and I do you know, I, you can say I coach CrossFit, but CrossFit isn't anything special. It's exercise across different time domains. So you have high intensity time domains, two and three minute, two and three minute, like rounds, you could say. So you can do high intensity exercise. You can do long endurance exercise, 30, 40 minute plus. You can do different, uh, like an exercise would be Olympic weightlifting, clean and jerking, snatching, you know, powerlifting, bench pressing, and deadlifting. Other movements of fitness, like, you know, any Don't general like exercise. Handstand walk? There's some high school gymnastics we'll movements that are in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, there's, there's different exercises that are put into workouts across different time domains that... Is called CrossFit, but CrossFit isn't something different than you can get like, you know, everybody, there's orange theory everywhere, right? Yeah. So you do rower, you row or you run and you do some exercises on the floor. It's different modalities. It's different, you know, you're doing different things. You're doing an endurance, you're running and you're rowing, and then you're doing some lifts. So you're doing some strength. So you're cross training, you're cross training, you're doing different exercises for different things in different time domains. So CrossFit is a way of exercising, but you're not really doing anything different than what you do normally as far yeah. as exercising. So there's bodybuilding where you don't do any intensity, you just lift weights and you and you bodybuild and people show to bodybuild. CrossFit is more of how fast can you do these exercises? And sometimes you know, there's, there's ways that could be somewhat dangerous to a general population. Like I do a movement where like I do a, a snatch, which is, <laughs> which is an Olympic lift. And I don't program snatches for any of my clients, none of them, because no. it's not necessary for them. There's no reason for them. Or right. even my athletes, I can generate power and force in safer ways than teaching someone how to Olympic lift. Yeah. So CrossFit yeah. to me, is just a term of a way of exercising, right? And most of the time, CrossFit is how fast can you get this done? Yeah. So that's that's really what CrossFit is, and they've done a really good job of you know coining the term CrossFit and and labeling as something different than other things as a business way, which they've done a really good job. But it's really not that different. Yeah. It's different in the sense where You know, you are doing some complex movements like handstands, like some gymnastics movements that are really high skill and some other Olympic weightlifting movements that are high skill that takes a good coach to teach properly. But for me, I don't see the purpose of teaching someone these high skill movements that I can generate the same, um, I can generate the same thing or the same outcome in a different way, a safer Mm -hmm. outcome. Sure. So we have a lot of interns here, especially now, because they want to get experience and work with these professional athletes. And I tell them that all the time It's just like, when you program for someone, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to accomplish what energy system are you trying to to hit? Are you trying to hit your aerobic energy system? A lot of uh, soccer athletes, longer endurance. You're trying to hit your anaerobic energy system, which is your high intensity, low duration power. And it's like, what is the purpose Mm -hmm. And what are you doing to accomplish that? So when I do programming, so I'm getting off the topic a little bit, but when I program, the last thing you, you think about is your exercise. Your exercise is the last thing you think about. Yeah. What energy system are you trying to hit? What are you trying to accomplish? What's what sports specific, or what, you know, what are they, are the general population that play baseball, football, soccer, sports specific movements that are going to benefit them for their thing that they're training for. And then you pick the exercise. Yeah. So many people get caught up on these Exercise, cool exercises yeah. that are flashy for Instagram, but it's like fitness has been around for a long time and CrossFit hasn't done anything different other than make it do as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of generally what CrossFit is. Was, so, so, so back to, back to how I got into it and it, it touches back on the fact that everybody has an ending point of their careers. Mm-hmm. You're not there yet. Cause you're still playing, but I go, I, I, get to it with a lot of people at some point you have to give up your professional sport career to do something else. I think Tom Brady, how is he? Almost 40, he's 40. No, he's like 40. 42. Yeah. Like forty-two. He's going to, he's going to live until he's 80. That's 40 years of, of doing something that he's done his entire life. Play and and that, and that process of understanding, like, this is all I know. This is what I've done my entire life. I don't know anything other than this. And now I have to think about doing something different is really hard as a transition for athletes. Yeah. And for me, I kind of had a nice general transition staying in the sport, but not competing really. And when I stopped competing, that fire inside me was like, dude, you need to go compete in something. Yeah. And that's how I got into these different sports. I was like, all right, what, what can I do as an individual and still compete? First thing I tried was triathlons
1: oh yeah I remember I think I, I remember like what like I've well, I've watched this progression from afar so I'm actually really excited to hear your breakdown because I remember like seeing on social media you compete in a triathlon I'm like oh that's dope like yeah. I was
2: doing a triathlon so I tried doing the triathlon thing and the training for a triathlon is boring. <laughs> You have to put in so many hours on these three different mode, like modalities. You run, you bike, and you swim. Yeah. And if you want to get fast at lines, you run and you bike and you swim. Yeah. And that's all that you do. And you put in hours, four hour bike rides, two hour runs, 90 minute swim sessions. Like it was like, dude, this training is boring. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I got pretty over the, the fact of the training pretty quickly how was your then swimming, then- Phil? I because I view you as so muscle. I mean,
0: you're really, I mean, I, even in college, you were, you know, really in great shape and, and muscular and strong and tough. And I vision you in in a lake or a ocean or whatever body of water, and not you know, swimming that muscle, very well. That muscle mass <laughs> would be tough to move through the water. It's cool because the sport that I'm in now,
2: I still kind of have that body build, but I can still resort to my, my aerobic system, my conditioning system, because I was a soccer athlete. That's my background. Like no matter how many months I get away from running, I still know how to run and I know Mm -hmm. how to get through a run hurting because I've done it so many times. Yeah. And so everyone's like, dude, this guy, he's a big guy. How is he running so fast? And so I still get that but yeah, it's, it was my first it was my yeah it was that was my soccer thing. player turned my, monster. yeah my aerobic <laughs> conditioning is like i know what it feels like yeah so my next thing that i tried after triathlons was the hit thing in spartan races and tough mudders yeah I remember. and this. and then i i did a few of those and i was just like you know diving in mud and crawling under barbed wire <laughs> and swimming in ice cold water was just like not my favorite thing
1: yeah
2: I, I credit you you for trying things though. Like a lot of people
1: don't go through th- this many things to get to. What There's only did. one
2: way to know what you want to do in yeah. your post career life. And you've got to try things. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you don't know what you want to do unless you go out and try things. And I, and I knew what I, I knew what I generally like to do. And that was push my body, see what my body is capable of doing. And so uh, at the time, You know, I was like, all right, Spartan races are not for me. Even though I did good. Like the first race that I did, I like won my division. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Like, and it it was like, cool. Like I jumped over some fire and climbed some walls. (laughs) you wanted more, you wanted more. I wanted, yeah, I wanted, yeah, exactly. I wanted more. I wanted something more challenging, I guess. I wanted something. I just wasn't, that just wasn't my vibe really. And at the time, my brother, he hadn't, we weren't living in the same town. He lived in San Diego and he was doing this CrossFit thing. And he was like, yo, do this workout. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he'd send me this workout I did. He's like, what did you get? And I was telling my time. He's like, oh, I crushed you by 15 minutes. I'm like, damn, how did you do that so fast? And, and then he's like, yo, try this workout. And I would try this workout. And it was CrossFit, but it was all movements I had known before, you know, yeah. it's exercise movements that aren't patented by anybody you know it's just a movement put together in a way to try and do as fast as you can can and you give me an example of that phil um, uh, so, can you give okay. me an example of that movement okay so so a movement you
1: want him to like demonstrate one of the exercises yes right i want him, right to, him to demonstrate in small, we're in a small so, room so, so, <laughs> so a very
2: popular movement is you know it's called a, a wall ball you take a med ball yeah. you squat and you throw it to a 10-foot target you squat, you throw a, a 10 foot target and say you have to do 20 of them. And then the next movement is a box jump and you have to do a box jump and you have to do 15 of them. And then the next movement is a, um, a burpee and you have yeah. to do 10 burpees and mm-hmm. that's your, and that's your workout. And you do those three movements four times or five times as that's fast sure. as you can. And that's yeah. the workout and that's CrossFit. Okay. Okay but it's okay, just a movement of things put together. And so that's really how I got into it. And, and I was like, Oh, this, all right. I want to compete against my brother, like really close to my brother. We've always done the same things. He played soccer. Yeah. I played football, so he played football. Like we always did everything the same. And, and he was doing this thing in San Diego. And um, I had reached out to a guy in the area because in the sport of crossfit i knew i wanted to compete in crossfit so i needed to get better at the things that are part of the sport and not just the like the gyms Mm -hmm. was weightlifting like olympic weightlifting like they have in the olympics but not anymore because they just took it off that's a whole nother conversation but olympic weightlifting
1: say that for part two
2: olympic weightlifting like a clean and jerk boom clean and jerk or a snatch Mm -hmm. straight overhead and I wasn't good at those movements because it wasn't part of my sport. It wasn't part of soccer. We didn't do that. I didn't need to do that. No, we did not. Never. So i reached out to a guy and uh, <clears throat> when I reached out to him, I went to his gym. And at the time, there is what they call the CrossFit Open. There's about 500,000 people across the globe that all do the same workouts and you're competing against all these people from all over the globe Mm -hmm. and you, and the top percentage of the people move on to the next stage. And there's like four stages to get through to make it to the games, which is my end goal. And I went in at the time it was the open and I reached and I went into this guy's gym and I did this workout. I didn't have any experience doing these workouts, just movements that I had done some of, and some of them I didn't, I needed to learn. And he's like, I want to coach you. I was like, Okay. Cool.
1: He saw he saw something. He yeah. saw
2: something in me and he saw how like interested I was into learning and the potential that I had. Yeah. And I kind of just went from there. That was in 2018. So I started my CrossFit journey. I remember the the date like I did those workouts and I kind of like wasn't being very consistent with it. June 1st 2018 is when I started my CrossFit journey in the CrossFit world. Now, I guess that's like almost four years yeah. or three and, years. Yeah, three and a half years. It's pretty fresh. to some of these people that have been doing it for 10 plus years. And I'm getting to a level now where I'm close to making it to the final stage. The final stage out of those 500,000 people is 40. So you got to make it into the top 40 of all those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tough. That's, that's quite a, that sounds very <laughs> tough, very tough, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a very tight pyramid. Yeah. Top 1%. And that's what it takes to be a professional athlete. You know, you're 1%, you're 1% percenter. you're 1% percenter. I'm 1% percenter. like your goal is to be the 1% of the 1% mm-hmm. to be the best and make it to the highest level. So that at that time, I think it was, that year, 2018, he's that like what I had said earlier. He's like, yo, try this, do these workouts. All right, I did these workouts? I qualify for this competition. I'm Italian and I'd never been to Italy. Come on, where's my dad? I want to talk shit to my dad. Love yeah, love I had never been to Italy. So I was muscarella. like, Muscarella, oh, wow. muscarella. It's a it's a good opportunity. I was like, oh, I get to go to Italy. Like I'd never been. Yeah. So I went and there was like a hundred athletes there. I had no competition experience, been doing it for three months, and I got like 30th out of a hundred. It's like, Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess I was going through and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go for this thing. I want to see how good I can get. And the reason why I really enjoyed CrossFit is because it was different. Triathlons was the same thing. CrossFit was completely different in training every day. You have to, you have to be able to do gymnastics. You have to be able to do weightlifting. You have to be able to do long endurance Yeah, Um, You have to be able to do all the different domains that fitness demands on you. You have to be able to do it all well. And I was like, wow. Do you see any parallels Phil uh, between your
0: going back to high school or, you know, your younger days, being a three sport athlete uh, to uh, the CrossFit, your success relatively quickly in CrossFit, you may be different than the average or most CrossFit people in that you're you're an
2: athlete first and yeah, then for sure introduced into crossfit. there's a lot of crossfitters that don't know how to shoot a basketball and right. i never played basketball but i know how to shoot a basketball right so yeah the the athletic background definitely benefited me in my crossfit career but also going back to what i had said about college and being able to be pretty good at multiple things and not really good at one thing also benefits me because that's exactly what the sport is you got to be pretty good at everything and so for instance there's some really specialized people in crossfit that are good at one thing for instance there might be a guy that's really good at weightlifting he's really really strong so he can he'll win the event the weightlifting event but when it comes to the swim event and the endurance he'll yeah. get last place yeah, yeah. so you get a first place and the last place that equals halfway Little. if you get in top five top ten in every one of those that equals first so that that's parallel cool. is is why i um, I have potential and it's why I like it. It's because I'm pretty good at everything and I like doing multiple things. So yeah. um from there, 2019, that's when COVID started, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. COVID, you know? yeah, 2019. Wait, so wasn't it 2020? COVID-19, bro.
1: Wait.
0: It's
2: called COVID-19 for a reason. What yeah, is- it kind of hit,
0: hit the U.S. in early 2020, but it, it broke out in China in 2000, late 2019 and hit us effectively in 2020 when we shut down in like February, so, March, 2020.
2: Yeah, so I basically had, you know, some competitions lined up that all got canceled Yeah, in 2019. Um, 2020, I got furloughed from my work and luckily I had a home gym to be able to train out of, and I just I've been grinding. Like I've been treating myself as a professional athlete, which has been tough because I am married. Um, I've been with my wife Megan since college. You know Meg. Love Meg. Um, me I so say hi, please. I, I will. So we've been together since since college, and you know I've you know like we talk about sacrifice, yeah. and you know there's a lot of discipline that goes into. It. I'm trying to be the top one percent of one percent, like you know, I'm really dialed in and everything really revolves around being that professional, my diet, my sleep, you know, being a full-time, having a full-time job and pursuing CrossFit at the same time, it is hard because those top 40 athletes, most of them are full-time CrossFit athletes and I'm not, Yeah. but you know, I've, i sacrifice sacrificed a lot, especially for my wife and, you know, doing things that I want to do, but I just, don't have the capacity because i'm training all the time and i go to bed at nine o'clock you know like i got to get my 10 hours yeah. of sleep because that's important to me and, and my goals that i can do now while i still have the capability are where my focus is and it's hard sometimes to balance it all balance uh you know a social life i don't really have a social life but balance my my relationship life life with my family balance my work life. Cause I am a full-time employee and balance my career. Like my, yeah. like my goals to be this professional athlete again.
1: Yeah.
2: I so mean, you want to be one of the best top CrossFit people
0: in the world. That's, that's, the that's your aspiration. That's your goal. Yeah.
2: He's on his way. So last year I made it to the semifinals. Yeah. This is what I want. I wanted to talk about this. Okay. Time. Okay. So, so the open, like I said, 500,000 people. The next stage has the top 10%. So 50,000 people. The next stage after that breaks it down to, I think in the United States was like 120. So that stage from 50,000 to 120, big, big gap there. You're taking out
1: some of the, a lot of the possible people. So
2: I made it to that stage, which is a semifinals, top 120 athletes in the world, basically
1: Wait, 100. Just not you're not saying like thousand or hundred 120. 120 120 and twenty just So last year you were competing in this CrossFit Games and you were down to the last one twenty. Yeah, I qualified and you in... started three years ago. Yeah, I hope you like. Okay, I hope you reflect on this a little bit. You know, like that's very very fucking impressive. Thank yeah, you. that's that's so, that's
0: meteoric uh
2: rise in the CrossFit world, don't you think? I mean, what do you think, Phil? Yeah, I think I do, I do give myself a little bit of grace, but at the same time, like I have this saying, like low expectations, high reward. Like, if you know me, like I, I saw it in, in my research of you. I saw so that. I, I, uh, oh,
1: that too. I don't expect, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't ex- I, like, it's weird because my goal is to be at this level. Right. But my, I don't expect really to I don't know how to explain this because I work my ass off to be the best that I can be. And I know with the amount of work that I put into it, I have the potential to get to these levels that I want to get to, Mm -hmm. but I don't expect to be there. So my, basically my emotional graph is like this, you know, it's like straight across, like Mm -hmm. if things go good, I don't get too excited about it. Yeah. When things go bad, I don't get too down about it because I just try and keep like an even, I just do what I can to be the best that I can and let the results speak for themselves. And so when I got to that level, it's like it is, it is accomplished. Like I do feel like I accomplished something. Like it's it is a deal. But my goal is to make it to the next level. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll be satisfied when I get there, but I feel like. That's my goal. And yeah. and so I think look so are you back, saying
0: I, you're in the top 120 of, of of CrossFit competitors in the US or, or worldwide right now? Current
2: snapshot of where you are? Yeah, I am. I qualified in I was top 100 in the world last year.
1: Let's go. So that was a big Let's that go. was a big
2: goal for me. That was a big goal for me. And yeah, so what so what happened? I actually had no, I qualified for the semifinals, the top 120 athletes. And, you know, you go to these four different competitions. You have 40 athletes in each competition. There's, there was one in Vegas. There was one in Minnesota. There was one in Tennessee. And there's one virtual because of COVID. Um, So I competed in the one in Minnesota. And this was in June of last year. And I had can I stop you
0: right there, Phil. I'm sorry. Can I stop you? But I just, it's a CrossFit competition. Are they... Uh- Identical every competition, almost like a triathlon, in the sense that you know, you know, you have the three events, or is every CrossFit uh,
2: competition a little different? Every comp, every competition is different. So, like the basis will be the same, meaning like you, you got to test all the different domains. Like that's what yes. it's you know, like a good CrossFit competition, the programming tests you in all the ways of fitness, the endurance they're, you know, your anaerobic, your strength, your skill, and these different domains that you have to cover that are um, all on the programmer for that event. So yeah, they're different. And some are programmed good, and some are programmed different, uh, not as good. And that's why it matters. Everyone's, every competition is different. Some, I might get to a competition where it's programmed to my strengths. And that is the factor that you can't control that contributes to making it to that level. Just like these uncontrollables of any sport. Like you might have a, an event that you go to that's programmed is programmed to all your weaknesses. And you're like, this tough. isn't programmed. Yes, <laughs> tough luck, you know? Yeah. Shit out of luck on that. But that's why <laughs> the whole point of CrossFit is being good at everything. So whatever randomly comes up, you're prepared for. Yeah. So you're, you don't know what's gonna come. Like for instance, I have a competition next week actually. Um yeah, it's in Miami. It's a big one. Yeah. It's it's called Wadapalooza. I'm going on a team of three guys. We won our we won the qualifier. So we're going in as the number one seed. And uh it's going to be streamed on YouTube. So it might give you, it might be cool to for you guys and whoever oh, yeah. may maybe interested in learning about the sport or is interested in the sport to get a reference. But you know, every competition is is different. Yeah. So and yeah. sometimes they're unknown. Like you there's been times where I haven't experienced this, but you can go on the competition floor and not know what the workout's going to be. And right, and right before, before like I two minutes. Oh, <laughs> do you hear that? They might be dying or something. <laughs> um, they might tell you the workout. So you have to be prepared for that. Let's get back to the semifinal. Cause I think. Okay. That was,
1: that was big. Right?
2: Yeah. So this was a big deal because I had big aspirations. I, I felt like it could have been my year to make it to the games, which is the top 40 athletes in the world. And um I go into this competition confident, ready, like a no-namer. Like I like flying under the radar.
1: You're thinking you're going in as a no-namer, but you still have the belief I'm good enough to be in the
2: top I truly believe that I could make the games anytime. Yeah, I'm right there on the cusp of being in like the right competition with the right programming, being at the right peaking at the right time like these different things i'm right there like i could for sure potentially get there at any time but a lot of things have to happen just like in a a soccer game you know i always relate it back to sport it's like a lot of things have have to happen in order to win a game or lose a game like you don't just get scored on with one bad play make a bad play and then another bad decision Sequence of events yeah sequence of events need to happen for things to go right or to go wrong and it's the same thing for the sport and um so I'm at this competition with full belief that I can potentially make the CrossFit games in my third year, which is pretty rare. Yeah. And I go and I get heat stroke on the first day.
1: So what's, what is that? What, tell me, what, what are you feeling? What are the symptoms oh, man. of heat stroke? I've been in Did fitness. Did you notice it right away? You're just like, Oh, I'm feeling a little off right now. It was what?
2: crazy because it was like 105 out and we're on the Minnesota Vikings training grounds and the turf was getting gunned at like 130. Consistently.
1: That is just not sounds like why are safe. you in a place that's 105 degrees and then on turf? Like that they're not sending their athletes up for success. I'll have no.
2: we need to have a word with the cross. Please games, do, please uh, do.
1: Like there's still a
2: but... lot of things to get figured out. Like there's not there's not it's not always like the safest situation, you know, it's not always the best thing that you're doing, but it's why it's a reason why so few people do it really yeah. or work to to do it,
1: make it to the top. That's why a few make it to the top,
2: you know, like, and there's, you know, we, I could go on about the whole CrossFit thing about there's not a ton of money in it, but you know, a lot of most of the people that get sponsorships are able to make it a full-time job or like the top 10, 15 people in the world. Um, I mostly do it because I want to get the most out of my body. I want to see what my body's physically capable of doing. And it's really interesting to see how, Capable of your body is. It's so much yeah. more capable than you ever thought you that it could be, and that's super interesting for me. Not so that's really the really the main reason why I do it. Um, and it gives me something to do. And you know, like when I was not training for something, I was like, my potential is going to waste. That's what I felt pur- like. Gives
1: you some purpose. Yeah,
2: and and I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't using what God gave me. To any to do anything, and I had a calling to be like, use your use your potential now while you still can. Yeah, and so yeah, I got heat stroke. Didn't Mm -hmm. realize it at the time. No, it's I've been doing fitness my whole life. You know, I've been I've hurt in the worst ways possible doing fitness so many times, and this was just different. Like earlier, I talked about understanding what it feels like to have your body not do what you want it to do. And, um, that's what was happening. Like my body was not listening to my mind. Like I was, I was saying earlier, I'm a runner. I I can run. We had this 200 meter run with like in part of the workout. And I was running in a zigzag. Like I couldn't run straight. (laughs) And I, I hit, I hit this, this, this wall that I felt like really my body was not responding to my mind, but I was just like kind of i had blacked out really like blacked out but still able to move yeah and i finished somehow i just finished the workout and but i was just feeling like what was why am i so tired why can't i do this i got to the finish line and i collapsed Jeez. and i uh you watch these crossfit events and you're giving your full effort and a lot you collapse most of the time after these workouts because you're giving so much effort but this was different like I was full starfish on the ground and I was <laughs> laying there for like, like multiple minutes and my heart rate would not go down. Yeah. So my heart rate was still like 180 plus and it wasn't going down. And on top of that, I couldn't lift my legs up. I was laying there and I was trying to move and I couldn't move. Like I was paralyzed. Jeez. I, I could wiggle my, my, my limbs and I could like, like roll over like that if i wanted to but like i was i couldn't move my body i was yeah. like legs like sit up something was i on. couldn't sit up and i was like i was telling my judge i was like something's wrong this is um, something's not right something's wrong and the medics come over to me and they're like we got to get you up the next event's coming and you got to get off the ground uh, and i was like i can't move like i yeah. i literally can't move and I get me to roll over and I get to my hands and knees and I try and crawl. And I just laid back down. And I couldn't, I couldn't crawl. Like I physically couldn't, my body couldn't move. And so my heart rate was really high. Um, my muscles basically, re- you know what it feels like to have lactic acid build yeah. up in your legs. Mm-hmm. My, my entire body felt like that.
1: Oh, that's the worst.
2: So I had, a, I had. so think about, think about it like this, if you're for a general person that might not necessarily know what lactic acid buildup feels like, it feels like if you're doing a wall sit or a plank, most people mm-hmm. have done one of those movements in yeah. their life. When you get to a point where you think that you can't hold it anymore because it burns so bad, your shoulders are burning, or your quads are burning so much because you're in that position. Yeah. You keep going for another four minutes yeah and you build up that lactic acid to a point where you your your body is saying no no i can't do or your mind is saying i can't do this anymore but really your body could keep going yeah and um it's an interesting point to get your body to that because most people get a little ac- lactic acid burn and they just stop they get off the wall they, they get off the thing oh, i can't do it anymore yeah but in reality your body could go a lot further than you think it could this is something I learned or I read from David Goggins. He's, he's someone I look up to and uh, it's the 80-20 rule. When you think that you're done and you can't go anymore, you're only 20% done and you really have 80% more to give. I
1: thought it was going to be the reverse. No, it's, it's, really, <laughs> it's, it's, really, so it's really
2: interesting. And it's just like, it's a real thing. Your body is a lot more capable than you think it is. But anyways, that's the lactic acid I had built up in my body and it wasn't going away mm-hmm. and that's really what it felt like and well, Phil wh- why did that
0: can I ask why why did why did that happened did you do something quote wrong did you yeah. not go into the shade did you work you not hydrate did you not the night
2: before pops has got it no I uh I was I was pretty amped I was pretty antsy it was the first event or the first day um the first event was a max lift a max snatch and I did pretty well. And I was like in the top 10 and this event was supposed to be my event. I was like, in my eyes, I was like, I got to win this event. Yeah. I've learned so much from that. Even though it was a year ago in the sport, you don't have to win every event. You have to get top five, top seven in every event, but you don't have to win any events. You can get top five in every event and still win the competition. And that's what I overlooked it's like this is my event. I gotta win this one. It's a running event. I gotta win this one. This is one's meant for me. So there was a few factors. There was one. I was going in it as oh, I needed to win it. Number two, I didn't prepare properly in the fact of like you said being in the shade for longer. I was looking at these veteran guys at these competition. They were sitting in the locker room, which was way on the other side of the field, up until like ten minutes before they had to go out on the floor. I'm like dude, these guys aren't going to be ready. Their heart is not going to be yeah. up. They're not going to, I was thinking that I knew more than these guys have been doing the sport for 10 years.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and they had it right. You got to sit in the shade first or in the air conditioning for as long as possible. Your body doesn't need a real long warm up or a proper warm up that you might normally give um, because of how hot it was. Um and I had warmed up too long. I sat in the sun for too long. I was like watching the other events, trying to get a strategy. And um, yeah, I just wasn't preparing myself properly. But I learned from it. So I I basically hit my lowest low. I know what it feels like to push your body to like its max capacity. Um, it was really scary though. It was yeah, really scary for imagine. my for my wife. I had done some internal. Uh, damage luckily it was like curable like I got I got I messed up my liver pretty good from this workout from this whole event yeah because I I was I was like so amped you know and I convinced myself I, I, at the same time I got heat stroke I got this thing called rhabdomyolysis have you heard of rhabdomyolysis? I've
1: heard of uromycetosis, but. Uromycetosis. That's <laughs> a side Very good side Good side I don't know what that is.
2: <laughs> rhabdomyolysis is basically um, your body's inability to get rid of lactic acid. Oh. So you have a buildup of proteins in your bloodstream that are building up to a capacity that your body can't get rid of fast enough. And with that, when that happens, um, it could be pretty dangerous in the fact that your liver is in overdrive. You can have organ um, failure um, and these different things that could happen to you have, and that happened to me at the same time. And Jeez. I tried to convince myself that I was okay. And so I was like, I'm not quitting. I'm not withdrawing. I'm gonna just hydrate and go the next day, the next day. I put myself in a situation and I got heat exhaustion, not quite heat stroke, but like the lower version of heat stroke. I got it. I got it again. Cause my body was just not, it was just done.
1: Did you know after the first day that you had heat stroke and you were just like, or did you figure this out after the fact?
2: I I pretty much knew, but I wasn't,
1: I wasn't, I didn't believe
2: it. it. I didn't believe it. I was like, no, I'm okay. I can, I can go. I'm okay. And so I did overhydrated, tried to do everything that I could. I wasn't, I wasn't good. I know, but I was at like 50% of what my full potential was. Mm. And after that got heat exhaustion the second day, I was like, all right, no, mentally I was done. I wanted to quit. Um, My coach told me I, I was done. You know, I was, I was, I, I in my mind I quit already, Yeah. but the person that got me into the sport, my brother, he was there with me and he's, you know, he knows me like we're really close and he knows me and he didn't let me quit. He's like, you you know, you're the top 100, top 100 athlete in the world. You worked your ass. You've been sacrificing so much to get to this point. Yeah. I don't care if you go out there and do one rep at a time and get last place in every workout. I'm not letting you quit.
1: Damn.
2: And and that's what I did. I, I got last place in every workout and I watched everybody go by me as I waved, waved by And I kind of caught a second wind by the third day and I was able to go a little bit harder, but, um, the experience that I got from it, I learned so much about my body. I learned so much about the sport. I learned what it takes to really be a professional in the sport. Yeah. Um, so last year was like a failure year kind of, but at the same time I learned so much from it. So I got a lot from it and this year is like, Oh, this is Revenge. the the first competition next week is the first competition to get back to the season. I've done some local competitions around the area um, because my wife is like, why are you doing this? Like, you're sacrificing so much. You're not getting anything for it. It's like, well, I got to go try and win a little bit of money. So on the weekends, pick up a thousand dollars here, five hundred dollars yeah, there. Let's go. So I'm on a I'm on a four competition win streak going into this competition so we're we're building wow i'm trying to build up a little momentum to these big competitions like the one i'm going to next week is a big one big prize purse lots of people lots of you know just recognition if you do well that's Um, the one in miami that's in miami another that's that's the one in miami um so that really kicks off the season i have another one in the end of january in texas that's an individual one let's go um And then really the season starts. So it's kicking off the season for me. I have, you know, big, big goals, big plans, but low expectations and and really just kind of working in silence and, and, uh, you know, and and basically doing it because it's what I, it's just, it's like what I want to do with my life right now. And I know why you're doing up. it, Phil, because your brother was better at it than you. And you said, that's not it's happening. True. That's it's true. It's actually happening. true. But now, now he had a kid, he fell off the wagon a oh, little bit. Forget about it. Oh. You have kids and everything, Phil. The whole so world so this, up long year, long this year, this year is, long. Um, I have a new coach. I have a new, like a new training environment. Um, I picked up a couple sponsors I haven't, like, I'm not earning any money from them, but they're paying me in, um, in you know, in product. But I'm building a community of people that kind of are believing in me. Um, and I'm just surrounding myself with people that are better than me, trying to find people that are better than me and, and work out with them. Yeah. Um, but really creating a, a positive environment. And I'm really not showcasing it to the world. Like, I'm really doing it in silence, working out a lot on my own. and. And, uh, I think, I think Devonte Adams came out with this statement, yeah, exactly. like, like this week about how you don't need to do fancy things. You just need to, to, you know, work in silence and work hard at your sport. Like you don't need to showcase what you're doing to the world. Like your work will speak for itself when it's game time. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like how I've been living for the past two years. And, and, uh, it's almost game time. Let's go.
1: Honestly, I feel like the timing of this could not have been any better because I mean, I think the way you like, the way you reflected on this last year, I think is really inspiring the way you pushed yourself to a limit and you learned from that. And even the fact that you finished that competition, like I have so much respect for, because I know even just like, I don't know if I would have been able to go one rep at a time, knowing that finishing last just probably my ego i don't know if i would have let like been able to do that but i think that shows so much about your character and one of the reasons why you are successful to this point but will be more successful in the future is because of that character and that will and the inability to quit um because your, your, your sport is unique and like you said you learn from that experience but the mentality of not quitting. Once I'm sure you get the don't being in being in the shade a little longer, that mentality will come in handy. And so I'm excited we had this conversation because we kind of leave the door open for. We like to say Marathon Minute is a family, so you're part of the family now. And you said you want, you know, maybe we could sponsor you with t-shirts, um, <laughs> t-shirts and uh, just good times. But you know, we support you. We believe in you. Like we want to be in your corner. And I like the fact that maybe we're kind of teasing a potential, leave the door open to have you on again, revisit potentially once you reach some of the heights that you're chasing, because I mean, I felt this before, but I feel it more now. Like I truly do believe you have what it takes to be successful in anything, but especially in this world. So to hear it from your own words right now was really, is like I've, this has been awesome. We've been here for a while. This is dope, but I do want to, I do want to maybe wrap it up here to leave some time. Cause I mean, I'm fired up. I might just go down and hit a workout. I don't know what your workout was planned, but I might have to just get it on it. Actually, I'm, I'm fired up too. <laughs> He's I'm, fired. I'm,
0: up. I'm fired up too. I may, uh, I may do a squat.
2: Um fine, fine. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's interesting because like no matter what your goal is in life and what you're trying to accomplish, you know if, if you really believe that you can do it and you work hard to do it and you sacrifice and you're disciplined in it, you can really accomplish anything. And I, I really do believe that. And yeah. I don't do it. I'm not doing what I'm trying to do for any accolades from anybody. Like I said, I'm doing this for myself. Like I really am interested to see what my body is capable of doing. And with that has come, you know, people have left my life and it's been hard on some relationships, but a lot of people have joined my life and, and yeah. believe in me and inspire people. Like I really, I like to do, I like to lead by example. Like I, like I have said, and uh, if one person is inspired from, you know, listening to this or, you know, like that's, that, that's cool. You yeah. know, like just follow, I think it's important to just, Find something that you love to do and just chase it because like, what's worth, what's life worth living if you're not chasing what you yeah. want to do, you know?
1: Well, I think you just, I think you just inspired too. And if anyone is listening to this or watching this live, not live, but in the future, you just inspired a lot more. So, you know, you inspire me daily. Bro, for sure so i'm hyped we have this let's we're gonna wrap it up with we have a segment to end you've never listened so you don't know our ending segment it's called what are you eating reading preaching and plugging you've already like hit on a lot of these but we'll just it's not like rapid fire but like just straight off the top of your head like what are you eating like what's oh, what are you gonna eat for di- i know you have a healthy diet we got your snacks up on the counter it's <laughs> like pretzel
2: chips, hummus, salsa. <laughs> was that it was cucumber? it was a carrots and hummus and pretzel chip snack. Other,
1: th- other than that, like what's your go-to, like, this is what I well, eat in training. Diet is a
2: huge part of this, right? Yeah. I got to eat like 5,000 calories a day. Oh my God. So right now my wife has been a pescatarian for like 10 years mm-hmm. and I'm not a picky eater, but I eat what's in front of me. I so I, har- I hardly, I hardly eat very much meat. I eat fish and eggs, so I'm a pescatarian. I also don't like labels, but I eat pretty much everything <laughs> that's put in front of me, and a lot of it. Yeah. Dinner, okay. dinner tonight. I think yeah, it's, we're making top. some. I think we're making some fish tacos tonight on Ooh. the menu. Maybe some I breaded get, fish maybe tacos. Maybe I'll come over. Yeah, it
1: sounds nice. That sounds good, Phil. <laughs> yeah, Dad, you can be down here in like six hours for dinner. Yeah. For, on Phil. for okay.
0: Phil's wise fish tacos, I get on a plane.
2: Oh
1: gosh. <laughs> okay. So what? That's what are you eating? What are you reading? Anything that you're reading nowadays?
2: I'm a big Audible guy. Nice. I'm that, a, that's I'm a listener. Too. Yeah. Um. The you know the people that have been influential this past year for me. It's been a, it's honestly been a pretty tough year for me. Probably the hardest. If you read if you end up following me on social media, yeah, read yeah. my last post. We didn't get to touch on it, but you know, mental health is also a big thing that is important and that I struggle with. But um, you know, looking at positive people and positive things. Like you are what you consume. I mean, we can get into that for like
1: five minutes if you want, bro. If you got the time I'm down because mental, because you brought up mental health and that's something, especially me too. This last year for me was one of the hardest years of my life mentally. Like I'll be I'll...
2: 2021 by far the hardest uh year of my life. Yeah. Physically, was... emotionally, relationships wise, financially, um, I think briefly, the most brief thing, brief thing I could say is, um, I could never really, I mean, I, I, I am a people person. I work with people and I hear people all day long and I can give advice, but I never could so much relate to people that were struggling with mental health. And I knew it was a, a thing, but it was my first real time experiencing mental health issues. And now I can really, re- like, understand more fully how of much of a big deal it really is. Yeah. And um, for me, w- struggling with mental health, what, what I found to be helpful was um, to not buy into the social norms of having to feel like a man. And what that means is be strong and don't cry and keep your emotions to yourself and suck it up. Yeah. Um, I kind of got past those, those norms. um, Because the more I talked about it to people, the more I found people could relate to me and I wasn't alone in in my struggles. So if you are struggling, I really encourage you to um, talk, talk to talk, talk to yourself, talk to someone, your family, um, reach out to someone, like just talk, because it's it's you. You'll be surprised how many more people are going through what you're going through. Yeah. Um. So that's really helped me. And um, like I like I just said, you are what you consume. So positive self talk, surrounding yourself with people that are encouraging and people that have similar um, mindsets are, to you. And it sounds kind of harsh to have to tell my wife this, but regardless of who's in your life and um, regardless of if what they are to you, if they don't believe in you and they don't want to be a part of your journey and they don't aren't, uh, you know, listening to you, um, they don't deserve to be a part of your life. And it's really hard because sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's family. And, and sometimes those are the people that are making it the hardest for you. Um, but that's not, that's not everyone like you're, those aren't the only people, you know? So, um yeah like being comfortable letting go of relationships being comfortable talking out loud and really digging deep and not giving up on your struggles to um focus on yourself and love yourself like you got to find something that you that you enjoy doing you got to do that and you got to find people that um are uplifting to you that you can talk to genuinely and you can yeah. you know tell them because holding it in doesn't help.
1: Yeah, no. No, I mean, I think, I mean, I I don't know all the details of your year, but I similarly had a very difficult year, especially mentally. I mean, I'll admit, like I probably went through periods of depression and I started talking to a therapist. And I think what you said about, I don't know what the exact words were, but I read something earlier about truth and power and vulnerability and truth. And like one of the reasons why I started the podcast was like, similarly what you said, like, if this inspires one person, that's already a win. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I approached this all with was like, I'm hoping these conversations and people like yourself, like myself being open, honest, vulnerable, there's power to that, you know, and that hopefully will inspire the next person and, have a greater impact on the world. And I think one of the, I mean, this is a Nipsey Hussle quote and, you know, we're called marathon minute kind of as a salute to Nipsey Hussle. And one of his quotes is the highest human act is to inspire. And that's something that I find to be very powerful. And so I think you said that beautifully. I don't, I don't need to go into that too much, but I, I relate to what you said and I appreciate that because a lot of times we hold this shit in and you might think that's the best for you, but it's better to be honest, open talk. And you're not only helping yourself, you're helping others. So I credit you for your openness about that. And Hey, we're here for you. You're now part of the family. So we're here if you ever need to talk and we're inspired by you and your journey. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, we can i mean i don't know if that could check the box for preaching that was my next thing what are you mm. preaching yeah, i mean that yeah. was pretty great like that was great phil that was you already you, you also had, yeah no we seriously appreciate that your your openness honesty it goes a long way and i mean what was your what was your phrase you said earlier the um, low
2: expectations high reward that could be a good what are you preaching yeah that's definitely what i'm preaching i think i that i think things that I say all the time to my clients, you get what you put in. Yeah. Like you're going to only get what you put in. If you want to come here and, or you want to do what you're doing half ass, you're going to get some half ass results. If you're going to put in some hard work and discipline, you're going to get some good results. So you get what you put in Um, low expectations, high reward, like, like work your ass off to, to do what you want to do, but don't expect anything from anybody because if you do, you're going to get let down and, um no one has time for for that so i i live by low expectations and uh a lot of good things come from that because you're just like you're not on a roller coaster ride you're trying to stay even keel um those are two majors that i that i say all the time and um yeah i like them
1: i like those um okay and then last what are you plugging anything you want to plug maybe this great complex you work at you there's a competition coming up maybe your sponsors okay okay your, your social media what's your uh phil muskie
2: or p muskie five five p muskie five five yeah, let's go um yeah it's I, I guess what i'm plugging is the the people that are part of the the fitness journey that i'm on it's like Dope. um I got a supplement sponsor Swolverine. You know, they reached out to me. That's where I read the interview about you. Swolverine. I
1: need some Swolverine products. They, uh, they, they they
2: believe in me. Um, my buddy who runs another supplement company, Zuma nutrition. Um, I, I've, I've been taking like any anything to get to the next level of fitness. Like I'm trying to get that little extra edge. So like some CBD and some natural turmeric and aminos and some natural stuff like that. Um, sports academy they've they've always represented like i've always wanted to rep represent them like hard because they believe in me and they help me and they've given me so much and um you know the people that really believe in me i mean i gotta shout out my wife meg because yeah she's she uh she's a support system for me like we're going through uh this part of our lives together and it's not always easy and Life is hard, you know? And she's always been there. We've always been there for each other. And she sacrifices a lot for me to follow this dream. So um yeah, those are my plugs, man. The people that just are in my corner and and I like to keep my corner pretty small. Yeah. And I, I don't do anything for, like I said, clout. Um, I'd like to earn some extra money financially because living in California is hard. Yes. Um, Yes, yes and you know wanting to start a family and all that
1: but um hey you got two more people i mean we were in your corner before but we're that much in your corner now and i'm similar like much would much rather have four or five best friends than 15 half friends i keep a small circle as well and so i think we're we're more similar than we may than we may think so I, mean, I have a really
0: small circle. I have no friends.
1: Oh my god. Okay, settle down. But yeah, let's. We got a lot to look forward to for a potential episode two with you. This was amazing. This we went. This like, was fun, man. We went I, like three times as long as I thought you had time for. But like, I'm so glad. I, we did.
2: I you know what? Like this sort of stuff is important to me because I don't. You know i don't i have no idea how many people are gonna listen to this i have no many, millions I, I don't have any idea if anyone's millions. gonna listen to this but like be able don't. to have a conversation with you and yeah. like i haven't seen you and catch up and and like give you my life over six years and and however little time hours. it feels yeah, a couple hours that we had that's important for me because like it's just cool like i not very many people know my story and and i don't care how many people know my story but if i'm able to motivate and inspire an extra person today yeah. that's cool for me
1: yeah well i'm positive that you will and you have and you will continue to because i know you and yeah that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do here and people will listen we got a we got a nice little audience I and like it's that. and it's growing so and, and
2: it's like it's like you,
1: but these are important these yeah you're doing this
2: you're, the conversations are important and you're doing this because it's this something that you're passionate about you know yeah. and that's what it's all about is it's like you're doing this because you like to do it yeah or, doesn't matter if it's just us three having this conversation oh yeah you know it's like it's cool to be able to talk to people from different you know walks of life and i'm it's cool for me to be able to share my story a little bit because i don't share it with very many people and uh it's cool to just catch up with you yeah brother my
1: brother pops pops I can can stop recording, but this was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Phil, I,
0: you know, I, I really appreciate, we really appreciate your time. I mean, I only knew you as that tough right back. You know, I just knew you as, you know, kind of the beast who was really good at soccer and, and Max's teammate. So, uh, you know, obviously we took a lot of your time and, uh, you were very open, which is much appreciated. And I know a lot more about you and, everything is like Max said, inspiring. It's really um, it's good for an old guy to learn from young guys. It's really important as an old person to, to, to learn from young folks. And that's like, put you, you know, you and Max in that category. You may not think you're young, but you are young relative to me. And you, le- you learn a lot from these young people about perseverance and, and toughness and keeping an open mind and trying new things and not giving well, up you should usually. try some
1: new workouts dad i think maybe this is a sign of you try some new. everything yeah. you do i can't do phil because well my... yeah you can't because you don't try so you need
2: to try
0: i have to, my knees are my knees are bad max
1: yeah
2: I have a... you should swim i'm not telling you to go compete know, in world games but like swimming is great my let's... grandfather swam until he was like 85 years old and and, right. and he was a fitness guy and now was a way for him to stay moving you got to keep that machine greased you know
0: yeah well, i'm in pretty good shape i just can't do crossfit but uh i'm in pretty decent shape oh my God. i go on the
2: peloton phil there you go you just gotta there sweat go. a little bit move your body a little bit it's yeah it's good yeah it's good for the for the soul yeah yeah i'm okay. not gonna take off my shirt to, to yeah, prove. Anywhere. Anywhere. yeah we'll save that for episode if you two. watch like, the competition we'll, next week yeah you'll you'll see uh you'll see the, the hard work that i've been putting yeah. in
0: yeah no uh i'm gonna do my best to follow it and and check out the results phil so good luck in that
2: uh I th- thank you
0: miami could be a little humid right so uh you know they just pick
1: hot ass places
2: it's crazy it's a nice place
1: though all right dad I'm, we're gonna uh we're gonna hop off here okay phil this is uh, good
2: thank you so much good to talk to you all good right, to pops. see you phil okay good i'll,
1: to see you I'll talk to you later dad right up love you love you too bye